listening to the Seven Rivers Student Ministry Podcast, a ministry of Seven Rivers Church in Citrus County, Florida. Here at SRSM, we believe that all students are lovable through a relationship with Jesus. Visit our website at sevenrivers.org backslash students. this recording of his phone on. So if you guys want to listen to these talks on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts, you can. But you don't have to. Um, it makes me really uncomfortable that he does this all the time. But he's the boss. Um, let's pray. Father, um, thank you for your goodness. Thank you that um, you're the God that wiped our sins away. That you came down and became a human, that you took on humiliation and embarrassment, um, they took on our sin and shame, and that you rose again. Um, help us to remember that, especially this week, as Easter is coming up, um, and Good Friday. Um, help us to remember the cross and what you did for us. Through Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Um, before I get going, tomorrow there's a Maundy Thursday service at church, 6.30 in this big sanctuary where we went for Ash Wednesday. Uh, I encourage you to go. Sorry. And um, yeah, remember this week, this is Holy Week. Um, it's an important week. So yeah, um, but I want to start off tonight with a story. Um, at one time when I was like seven or eight, I can't remember, but um I was at a brother's baseball game, and right by the field, on the baseball fields, was this hill and this big open field, and it just rained, and it was really hot and muggy, and there was this little girl stuck in the mud in the middle of the field, and she was screaming. She was wailing. She was crying so loudly, like, we were like, whoa, someone, like, dying or something? Um, and so I went out there, um, picked her up, brought her to her mom. When I picked her up and started walking her, and when she got to her mom, everything was all right. She wasn't uh, crying anymore. And um, her tears, her cry, her wailing, they were heard. And, um, yeah, they were answered. And I want to tell you another story, different scenario, but this is when I was young again. Um, me and my family were sitting around the table eating dinner. And usually during those times is when we'd all just like, who can make each other mad and cry the most. It was the dinner table. is where we all just jabbed each other with words. And one time, this particular time, um, I think I said something mean to my brother. He retorted back. And I think I was like eight, nine or whatever. And I just remember whatever he said, I don't know what it was, 
But whatever he said just broke me. I just started crying uncontrollably in front of my whole family. And if you want to know anything about my family, you don't do that. Um, but I remember just standing in front of everyone, embarrassed, crying, not knowing what to do. And my parents said, stop. Um, they said, don't do that. Like, you deserve that. You shouldn't cry. You should toughen up. And it was only until a few weeks ago that I realized that that moment still haunts me um, to this day. That moment still hurts me. Um, my cry was not answered. It wasn't heard. My emotions, my weeping were shut down. Um, and I tell you that because tonight we're talking about why does God allow us to suffer? Um, the next few weeks we're going to be looking at different topics on suffering or hard things. And tonight we're going to be talking about why God allows us to suffer. And I tell you those stories because I think one of the questions under that question is, does God hear us? Does God know my pain? Does God know my suffering? Does he know what I'm going through? Does he hear me? Um, when we're alone or sad or depressed, when our friends start to rumor about us, that hurts us when we get bullied, when our parents are divorced, when there's a mass shooting, when someone we love dies, when we lose a parent or um, we never even known our parents. Where's the one that created everything that is supposed to love us, that we tell you all the time, God loves you. Where's the one who died for us? Where's the one that's all powerful and in control of everything? Where is God? Um, so that's what we're going to be talking about. We're going to read a story. So if you have your Bible or your phone, you can turn to John chapter 11. And we're going to read the first few verses and then we're going to skip down to the middle and then read that. Um, so John 11 Verse 1. Now a man named Lazarus was sick, and he was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother was Lazarus, now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. And so the sisters sent word to Jesus, and they said, Lord, the one you love is sick. And when Jesus heard this, he said, This sickness will not end in death. It is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. And now Jesus loved Mary and Martha and Lazarus. And so when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was for two more days. And if you're there, you can skip down to verse 17. And on Jesus' arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb dead for four days. And Bethany was close from Jerusalem. So many Jews had come to where Martha and Mary were to comfort them. And when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. But Mary stayed home. And Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. And so Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus looked at her and said, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Martha replied, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who's to, who is to come into the world. And after she said this, she went back and called her sister Mary. The teacher is here and is asking for you. And when Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went out to him. And Jesus wasn't in the village yet, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. And the Jews followed Mary out of the house 
going to comfort her, and they thought that she was going to go to mourn. And so when Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply sad and angry. And he said, where have you laid him? And they replied, come and see, Lord. And Jesus wept. And then the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind, who healed the leopard, who fed the thousands, have kept this man, this man from dying? So, that was a lot. But um, I came across an article this week where it said, uh, it's so funny. It said, um, mother, like, mother of five-year-old invites her class to, or invites the kid's class to a birthday party, and no one showed up. And it was just like, the most heartbreaking news article. No one wanted to go to little Johnny's birthday party. Um, and you read that, and you're supposed to be sad. You feel like, oh, poor kid. Um, and, you know, I was a little sad, but it was whatever. Um, but I want you to imagine how disappointing and how sad Martha and Mary felt when Jesus didn't show up to heal their brother. Uh, they sent word to Jesus. Jesus supposedly loved them. And they said, the one that you love is sick. They asked him that, hoping that he would come and heal them. And they didn't, or he didn't. I want you to imagine how discouraged or how angry, how sad, maybe the questions they might have been thinking of Mary and Martha, that Jesus didn't show up to heal their brother. Um, I think one of the things that we have to wrestle with in this question of why does God allow suffering and one that's in this passage is we don't really know. Um, Jesus says not really that much about why he waited. We're just kind of upset. We're not really sure. We're like, Jesus, why did you do this? I thought you loved them. Why are you letting them go through this pain? Um, we don't really know. And I think that's very appropriate for our lives. We don't know God. We don't know his plans. We don't know why or for whatever reason, things work out or things happen in our lives. Um, and God isn't into that um, a whole lot. He doesn't really say that. Um, he actually, instead of giving us answers or reasons, he gives us himself. He tells us to look to him for hope. And he doesn't say, stick with me for a little while and after the suffering, you'll be better. He's the one that sticks with us. He's the one that holds us when we're down and hurt and grieving. Um, and sometimes it will feel like he's far away. Martha and Mary were probably feeling that. Like, where is Jesus? He was far away. And sometimes it might feel like he's holding you and he's right there with you. Um, but it's hard and we don't know why. And I think we have to acknowledge and wrestle with that, that we don't know everything. Um, we don't know why things happen. But... In that, um, we know a few things. Um, first, we know that Jesus meets Martha and Mary where they are. He doesn't tell them to do this, to read this passage, to say this prayer. He doesn't tell them to whatever. Um, Martha is discouraged, confused, and hurt. She is grieving. And she's like, Jesus, if you had been here, you could have healed him. 
She just shoots it straight. Um, and she's kind of holding Jesus at an arm's length. She's like, Jesus, I don't know why you didn't come. I don't know why you didn't heal him. I believe you. I believe that you're the son of God. Um, and Jesus is meeting her where, he, um, where she's at. She's, or he's inviting her to himself. She's not in, uh, he's not inviting her to believe this idea of a resurrection. He's inviting her to believe in him because he is it. Um, a few years ago in 2020, I, me and my family found out that um, in early 2020 that my dad had been cheating on my mom for a few years. And I remember that summer, I went and lived with friends um, and didn't talk to any of my family that whole summer. I lived like an hour from them, didn't even go visit them. I didn't um, talk to friends about it. I was just running, just running from my feelings, running from the hurt, running from the disappointment, running from the anger. Um, and then I started to meet with my pastor who was, I was working at the church there and I met with him every week and he brought me to Jesus over the next two years, um, a year and a half or whatever. And he didn't do it through Bible verses or cliche quotes of God's got a plan or it's going to be okay or just power through. Um, he brought me to Jesus by being way more angry than I was or that I could feel about my suffering and about what my dad did. He was more sad. He wept when I didn't weep. When I would tell him, yeah, my dad doesn't want to talk to me or he did this to me. And he would weep and I would just stand there cold face. He was more angry, more hurt than I was or that I could feel in the moment. Um, And he was entering into my pain. He was not um, trying to put a quick Band-Aid on it. He was not trying to tell me eventually it's going to be okay, but he was weeping with me and he was verbalizing anger and expressing anger for me. Um, And that was like a wild experience. Um, But when Jesus goes to Mary, she says the same thing as Martha. Lord, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. But instead of being at an arm's distance and really disappointed, even though I'm sure she was feeling disappointment and anger and confusion and doubting and grief, she just wept at the feet of Jesus. She physically like lowered herself and just wept at his feet. Um, in her most vulnerable and in her most sad state, she, she wept and Jesus doesn't say anything. Jesus is silent by her grief. He doesn't say anything. And I think that's just powerful. Um, he doesn't try and console her. He doesn't try and tell her it's going to be okay. He doesn't, he doesn't tell her, Mary, it's okay. I'm, like, I'm about to go do it. It's okay. No, he weeps with her. He enters into her pain. He gets really, really mad. Um, in the Bible, it says, or in the translation, it says Jesus was deeply troubled in spirit. And that's like a really stoic like Jesus didn't that's like trying to tell you Jesus didn't have feelings but Jesus was like I want you to think of a bull snorting like their nose like they're not snorting but like blowing out of their nose huh no when so you know when a bull is like about to just run through a person and it was like (laughs) that's what Jesus the word is like Jesus is blowing in anger out of his nose and is like his whole body is like enraged 
and he's mad. He's not the Jesus that we see that is knocking on your door, afraid to get into your life. He's the one that is about to destroy, um, destroy death. Um, he's mad. He's angry. He's sad. Um, Jesus doesn't try and skirt around pain or suffering. He enters into it with you and tries to walk through it with you and wants to walk through it with you. Um, he doesn't tell Mary that it's going to be okay. He just weeps with her. Um, and uh, lastly, so Jesus enters into our pain. And this is a nice story, but that was Jesus then. What does that mean now? Um, why does this matter? And I want to ask, it's not a trick question, but where is Jesus right now? Who knows? There's a right answer. Yeah. He is at the right hand of the God. He's actually seated at the right hand of God. Um, and what do you need to do, or what do you need to have when you're sitting? A chair. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you need a chair. What else? Support. Okay, where does your support come from? Your butt. You need. You need. You need a butt. You need legs. You need ankles. You need knees. You need to like be able to bend down and sit. Um, you need a body. You need a body is what I'm trying to say. I was trying to get, grab your attention by saying but a lot. Um, but you need a body. And Jesus has the memories of being tempted, of being abused, being humiliated and embarrassed, being beaten and being killed. Right now, Jesus has those memories because he has a brain, he has a heart, he has a body. And right this second, he has a body that feels emotions like sadness and joy and weeping and anger at your suffering. And when we go to Jesus now, however way, whether it's like Martha with arm's distance, really hurt and not sure if he's good. Or if it's like Mary at his feet, just weeping in her grief or however you do it. Jesus still enters into our pain. He still invites us into himself and he still weeps with us. This Friday, we're going to remember that Jesus suffered. We're going to remember that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, that was the banner on his cross, was had nails driven through him, bled, uh, was whipped, not 39 times, I think twice. Um, had to carry a wooden cross. He was spat on. He was like, if you want to talk about, if you ever feel embarrassed, you have that moment in your head where you know you've been embarrassed. Just think about that. Think about how awful you felt. And that's how Jesus felt. He was embarrassed. He was humiliated. He is the suffering king and Lord that still has the piercing side and the wounds on his hands and the memories of that. And he comes to his family and he weeps and he suffers with them. And if right now you're a Christian, you have someone that is going to God the Father face to face in your name. And he's praying for you. He is interceding for you. He is there with you, feeling your pain. Now, I didn't answer the question, why does God allow us to suffer? And I didn't do that because I don't know. The Bible really doesn't. Like, it gives us some kind of pseudo answers, but um, I don't know. And I'm not going to try and tell you I do or that it's for this cliche 
it's for God's glory. Just get over it or try and you try your best to get through it. Um, cause that's one, that's a crappy answer. And two, God doesn't give us an answer. He gave us a person. Um, he gave us a person that's not for, that's for us and he's not against us. And I asked earlier, does God hear us? Did God hear me? Does he hear us? And does he shut us down? Or does he pick us up out of the mud and carry us? And I can confidently say that, yes, he does. Um, I've seen it in my life, to your leaders and volunteers, I've seen it in their lives. And I just implore you tonight to run to Jesus. Because he is the one that has life. God doesn't want to give you answers. He wants to give you himself, and he has. And we're going to remember that this Friday and this Sunday. And the one question I have is, do you believe it? Do you believe that Jesus is life himself? Let's pray. Father, um, you are...